Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. This is Anthony Robbins host, The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. This is Anthony Robbins host, The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. So we give y'all real, real noise. <laughs> I've been lying for so long. I've been lying for so long. <laughs> Believe me, I'm probably a porno, pornoologist. We cannot continue to deny women or minorities access to a system that has everything but their input. You are now Well, you know, prior to her getting diagnosed with breast cancer, God was speaking to me and was saying, something's getting ready to happen in your family, and I need to bring your family together. And I was like, what are you talking about? So I ignored that. Come to find out she had breast cancer. All right, man, this is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. We have the vlogger, the poet, the culinary specialist of Bella's <laughs> Kitchen and Catering Company, the servant of God and the lover of Amen. lemon cake. Yeah, see, I caught you on that one. We got Bella Brown. What's good today? I'm blessed. I'm good. That's what's up, man. So tell everybody who Bella Brown is. Bella Brown, man, Bella Brown is a servant of God, first and foremost. Okay. And I'm just... I'm learning. I'm an artsy person. That's what I, you know, that's what I've always, you know, fallen into is just the art. So that's, that's, you know, kind. I'm, you know, that's Bella. You kind. With other people, you know how they always ask you that questionnaire when you get a job, they'd be like, what would other people say about you? Oh, yeah. You think other people would say that? They, for sure. They would say kind and giving. Okay. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, I know (laughs) the first time I met you, I met you last year. At the the reality is this podcast is second annual backpacks and haircuts. Right, right. And honestly, I didn't even know who you were. And right. then I know Chris and shout out to Chris, what Chris Lewis and yeah. Josh Parker and Josh, for right. introducing me to you because when you came through, they actually just invited you out. And when you came out, you brought food. Right. Now right. black folks don't get hype off nothing else. <laughs> we get hype off food, and if we don't right. get hype off food, we, like we get hype eat. off free food. <laughs> And you rolled through with free food. Free food. Donations. Right. Spaghetti. I, 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 I was about to say, I still hadn't forgot the spaghetti. My girl was like, hey, she coming over to, uh, to do the podcast? Yeah. Let her make two plates. Can she bring some, you know, the beef enchilada plate? I was like, I'll check with her, but not today. Right. Not yeah, today. not today. Not today. I got y'all next time, though. All right. Well, we appreciate that. I, I mean, the thing about it was when I ate at that time, I w- honestly, I normally don't eat other people's food. Mm. And then I hadn't eaten all day because everybody else had started getting the pizza. The kids was killing the pizza. They were. They was killing the pizza like they mama didn't feed them. You know, we did put on that it's gonna be free food so don't eat here we're gonna say that meal for another time but we're gonna eat when we get there but i ate that and i was like damn i'm gonna have to hit up though yeah i'm glad you liked it so how did you get into the whole catering gig honestly cooking isn't my first passion it was really just cooking for my family and friends and they're like you know your food is kind of good you might want to take that to the next level and so i kind of sometimes feel like i was just pressured 
okay, I felt like I was kind of pressured to cook. Yeah. And that's kind of just how I how it happened. So what's your favorite food to cook or does what's the favorite what's the most requested um, plate that you have? Most requested is my Cajun chicken pasta. That's artesia all day. <laughs> Literally. Smother burritos and beef enchiladas. Smother burritos? What you smothering it in? I know. So in Colorado, we have this thing. It's like green chili. So we smother the burritos in mm. this green chili. And that's what it that's what it is. It's just, it's like, it's not a gravy. Yeah. So when I first say people are like gravy, they think it's like that. But it's it's a green chili sauce. It's, it's really dope. It's good. All right. Well, I look forward to that. And one of the questions I always have with people who cook is, do you think that a man should appreciate a woman who cooks? Because I know they, I know I appreciate a woman cook, like, <laughs> But I know growing up, my mom always used to say, you know, people who cook, you know, she cooked it for, with love. And, you know, a lot of Absolutely. times when women cook or when they cook for kids and when they cook for their man, Y'all don't even eat afterwards because it's like y'all poured yourself into that oh, meal. Oh, man, I love that. That's so true. And that's, if I was going to cook, that's the only reason why I would cook is out of love. Like, otherwise, I, you know, really don't just get a kick out of it. But I definitely feel like men should appreciate your woman if you cook. So have you ever had anybody say your cooking is bad? Even from the beginning, because, I mean, it, it couldn't have always been good from jump. No, yeah, yeah. Um... Nobody's just said it was bad. I've always, you know, gotten different critiques, you yeah. know, like maybe you can less on the salt yeah. or that was a little dry, add a little more of this, yeah. but nobody's ever just said it was nasty. Do you cook with an ingredients cup or are you somebody who's just like, oh, I already know what a pinch is. I already know what a Abs hint is. Yeah, I'm, yeah that's what I do. I, if I you cooking in my kitchen... <laughs> Like, if you cooking, if my girl ever came through and was like, oh, give me a measuring cup, because that's me. Uh -huh. Like, I can cook, but I still need measuring cups. I, I don't cook enough to where I'm like, oh, a pinch of that, and I can just hit it with a pinch. Yeah. But if I see a woman come in my kitchen and she got measuring cups, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> I don't even want you in there. You know what I mean? You really don't know what no, you're doing. Some people, like my best friend, she can throw down, but she does use exact measurements. She reading the back of the box. <laughs> nah. I don't want no woman reading the back of the Man, box. Say. <laughs> I don't want no woman reading the back of the box. Look, her greens are bombed up. All right. So I was looking at a couple of your um, videos because I always try to like dive into the person that I'm interviewing or the person I'm talking to. Uh -huh. And I saw that you created Bella Ministries. Where did that come from and how did it come about? Um, it originally came about a year ago. Mm -hmm. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay. And during the process... Well, you know, prior to her getting diagnosed with breast cancer, God was speaking to me and was saying something's getting ready to happen in your family and I need to bring your family together. And yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? So I ignored that. Yeah. And then come to find out she had breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And so while we were going through all of that, it was just the only person I could lean on was God. Mm -hmm. And in that whole time, he just kept showing me different scriptures and was speaking to my heart. He was giving me words about other people to give to them. And so in that moment, he just kept saying, I need you to get into ministry. I need you to do my work. Yeah. And that's, that's how it came. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to school for theology. I'm going to get my license to be an ordained minister. Mm -hmm. And so has that already been completed? No, that hasn't been completed. This I'm going to start works. school this um, summer Okay. at Paul Quinn. The, when I was going through the videos, the one that drew me to the one, because I actually, I mean, I didn't know your mother passed away, but when I saw the video, uh -huh. out of all the videos, 
I know most people, especially in this day and time, when they get on videos, they make sure their makeup is done. Oh. They make sure their hair is cut as guys. <laughs> and like I saw this one video and I was like, why is she on this video? She ain't done nothing. And then like nothing. I watched the video and I was like, damn, you know. And I understand that because, my, you know, my girl, she lost her mother a couple years back. Yeah. So I definitely understood that. And I was talking to her and she said that she knew that and I wasn't aware of it. So first of all, my condolences to you. I know Thank you're you. stronger now. And that's, you know, that's what's up. But I watched that video and when I was watching it, I was like, First of all, it makes you appreciate your mother and the people that you have in your life. Oh, because yeah. a lot of times I think we take it for granted. Absolutely. I don't even like when my mom comes to me talking about like where the will is. If she passes, I'm like, I don't want to hear you don't nothing hear about it, right? you talking about dying. <laughs> right. And literally my brother, he's soft. You know, he's the older brother. He going to kill me for this. But he's soft. Like, he's like, <laughs> nah, you know, a tear. So I'm like, damn, nigga, she's still here right now. Yeah. But I get it. So I definitely understand that. So has it ever been a point in time in with you believing in God? Because I'm sure you believed in God before the before right. that because for the transition to happen you had to believe before then have you ever doubted him and if you did did you doubt him when you know your mother passed away um well before because this was my mom's third time going through that going, process so the first time she was diagnosed you know god was telling me something was going to happen then so yeah. when i found out then i was upset with god yeah. i was like you knew all of this was going to happen and yeah. you just letting it happen without even a heads up yeah so I, I was pissed with him like i i started drinking yeah. it got bad and then it got so bad to where i had no choice but to fall back on to him and then he pulled my mom out of that and she joined church and things like that so he's been he's been good so i always hear people who lose somebody close to them like a mother or a father they say if it wasn't for god i wouldn't be here do you feel like that situation because that's the situation where some people they take their own lives or they go like they literally turn into a recluse. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like that situation, God, the only reason you're still here today is because of God? Absolutely. I mean, because there were times where I pictured like if my mom left, I would go crazy. Yeah. Like crazy. And, and that's what I say. I'd be like, I would come probably be the dude that little <laughs> kids point at and be like, Oh, he never comes out to the house, out of the house and he has right. a beard. And that's how I feel like I would be because I'm not an emotional person. So I feel like I would just, literally go inside myself and just never right. come out again exactly that's what i thought and but that's how good god is so like everything that i'm going through my strength my peace that i have is because of him because there's moments where i still battle myself and i want to call my mom and i'm like i can't yeah. and i've thought about maybe maybe i could just take my life yeah and you know he's like no get it together and I think that's real what you're doing there because especially in the black community, we don't talk about suicide. We don't talk about, you know, like mental health and mental right. awareness. Like, you know, and, and not to be funny, this is kind of streamlined with the church to where it's like pray it away. And some things you, I mean, you could pray it away or you could pray about it. But uh -huh. if, if you can, if, when I think pray it away, I think go away immediately. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't happen that way. Exactly. But it, it happens eventually, which I think faith comes in at that point. Right, right, So if you had right. to tell somebody about faith what would you say faith has done for you or what your faith in god did for you to come out of that situation how would you because i'm a person i'm gonna be honest with you i'm a religious person but i don't go to church and because of bad experiences i don't really tap into church like most people would like when right. most people have a bad week a bad day they look forward to sunday me i look forward to just laying on the couch watching the game or hanging out with good friends so what would you tell a person who feels like oh, i don't really believe in god if you know if you had to say well this is what god has done for me right I would say first, you have to get a relationship with God. And I think a lot of times people get 
hung up on the religion part of mm-hmm. it. And I think they think God is a, um, he's like a, mag- a magician, a magician. Mm-hmm. And he's not. So you, that's why you have to have that faith and don't, don't focus on what it is in that moment. You have to look past, past that. that. And that's when that relationship comes in because he's going to reassure you. Like the thing about God is if he tells you something, it's going to happen. Yeah. He's going to make that promise happen, but you can't get in your way. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that you're staying focused. You're being obedient to his word. And that's hard, yeah. but you, you have to do that. Be obedient, be disciplined and just trust him. So what would you tell somebody who has lost a parent and they're going through what you went through a year and a half ago and how to deal with that? Oh, man. Don't you dare cry in here. I, <laughs> I was like, don't you dare cry in here. No. Don't have me crying on okay. camera. <laughs> no. I would tell them, again, yeah. just to pray. Yeah. And even if you're angry, mm-hmm. pray. Write your thoughts out. Make an area where you can just pray. If you just have to cry out to God, yeah. do that. Yeah. Do that. So I saw you studied theater at UNT. What was that experience like? Were you like the only black person in there? <laughs> No, I wasn't. There was a lot of uh, black thespians there. <laughs> I know when I first heard thespian, I'm like, are you trying to say lesbian? Exactly. Now, remind you, I was like 17 when I heard this. I'm like, thespian? Then I watched Martin, and I think the dude on uh, one of the plays on Martin was a thespian actor. I was like, right. okay. But what was that experience like going through there, and what made you want to go that route? Um, oh, you can always... come on, and it's, the, it's live, so you can walk through with the tissue in your hand, <laughs> trying to creep in. Right, right. <laughs> Um, it's always, for me, I've always been, you look so extra doing that. She literally looked at the side of the wall. So, but yeah, what was it like? Cause the reason I say this, cause I thought about acting when I was younger, but mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I can, I don't think I'm ready for that. People really? telling me I suck. Cause you're going to hear it. Oh yeah. When you think you, Oh, tis thee. They're going to be like, nah, bro. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring it back. No, really, and that's true because, you know, I had auditioned for A Raisin in the Sun. Okay. And I had got casted for Mama. And as I was doing certain lines, I kind of felt like, you know, I thought I was killing it, you know. But then the director would be like, and cut. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't mean in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, like, you know, and they're they're hardcore because it would be like, your voice is small. It kind of sounds like a chipmunk, and I need Uh, you to have a more deeper voice. So you do have to have a thick skin to to do it. So personally, being an avid reader and love of poetry, after finding out um, you were a poet yourself, I began to take some interest in what you do. So is there a specific poem if somebody, if I was to ask you, because I'm about to ask you, if I was to ask you to read a poem, uh-huh. do you have one right off the top of the dome you could just spit? Um, I do. I do. All right. So <laughs> if you're ready, whenever you're ready. Okay. Uh, the reason I'm asking is because, I, and, and poetry for me was a coping mechanism. I've used it as an outlet um, after Five breakups, months. after losses of jobs or extended periods of bad times. And mm-hmm. I always just used to write. Now I haven't uh, written as much as I used to, mm-hmm. but when you, before you do your poem, like what has poetry done to you? And did you, ta- is that something you tapped into more so after your mom passed? Um, poetry is, is everything for me. It's like, it's, it's life for me. Yeah. And I've been writing since sixth grade. So 
after my mom passed, it actually slowed down mm -hmm. because I was just, you know, numb to everything that was going on. But, um, yeah, poetry is everything for me. So do you write more so about poetry when it comes to like love or because, you know, most people, when they write poems, they only write about love. Right. Or they only write about sex. And then like I used to be on the poetry scene and when we would go out, it's like every dude that got up there, they use a sexual poem <laughs> to literally. And at that point, I'm like, OK, you trying to get some girls. Right. That's exactly. all it is. But I think it's more in depth when you write a poem just about a moment in time in life. Maybe you just had random thoughts or you're describing your surroundings because exactly. there's so many words you could use to describe a door or what we're doing right now. <laughs> right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So you have a poem. Is it, do you have a title for this poem? Um, it's called free. All right. Well, whenever you're ready, let me push that mic up so you can. Yeah. Okay. You should see the looks I get because I don't allow my daughter to say the pledge of allegiance. The eyebrows had raised because I'm showing her how to praise how a black Jesus, and yes, baby, Martin Luther King did have a dream, but it was more than one thing, and it was more than one speech. He had multiple powerful speeches. You see, if I don't step in and show her how to win, it's the oppressor that will continue to teach her. Then she'll grow old and complain and get cold and say they never knew how to reach her, so I bless her with these thoughts of gold. Show her our history and say this. This is what they're afraid to teach us. They may teach you and test you about Christopher Columbus and the many accolades of Napoleon, but they won't dare mention Toussaint Liverteur and how he made Haiti the first black Republican when they mention black leaders. You'll never hear about Marcus Garvey. You'll be deprived on discussions, the ins and outs of segregation, black activists, Malcolm X, Cornell West, Angela Davis, and even Medca ever said it best. You can kill a man, but you can't kill an idea. So when I saturate you with this knowledge and you realize that you are blessed, and please, please understand that you are blessed and the seeds that I have planted for you will surely manifest because no longer will we be strange fruit hanging on the trees like strange fruit. And thank you, Billie Holiday, for showing us musically our covered up roots, displaying lyrically how our lies were taken by their false truths. And many will take your awareness offensively, but that's only because they want you to live in this world defensively, because how dare you actually know your own history. And although the chains aren't visible, many still remain chained to their master's rules of living, you know, modern day slaves. And I know a lot of what I know and a lot of what I say may sound foreign, but that's only because they want uneducated Negro to sound fluent, but I'm free. And that moment I realized I was free, I knew I had to make a copy of the key. The key to prayer, the key to success, the key to our roots, the key to pass the knowledge down because it's not all in the school books, the key. The key to unlock the doors to another black Wall Street, the key. The key to unlock the chains of our minds, the key to stand and speak. We will not take anymore because we are not bound by your chains, no. We have the key and we are free. I know that shit was real because I looked at your arms and you had goosebumps <laughs> all, oh, yeah. all up and down your arms. Yeah, especially with what's going on Hell in the yeah. country. Man, that poem, it just, it, it does something to my spirit So every when did time. you write that one? 
I actually wrote that almost two years ago. See, that's the thing. That's and you know what's so crazy about it is to with poetry, it travels through time. Mm, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Not to be funny, people talk about the Bible and scripture being just as relevant then as it is today. Right. That's what poetry is. So for those people and me being one of those people back in high school when people were writing and being in poetry, I'm like, that's weak. But it's like <laughs> poetry allows you to tap into yourself. Yeah. Like deep within yourself. Deep. And you can even create things that you have yet to experience but thoughts that you've had. Right. Yeah. I, would, I literally so kept looking yeah, and I literally kept looking at Trump and I was like, no <laughs> shit now. I know it's calling her, but literally <laughs> right, you had no right, goosebumps no, yeah. until you started doing that poem. Yeah, that poem speaks to me. Jesus Christ. So when you have, so what is the biggest one? If you could think off the top of your head, the best poem you've written, do you have a, a particular poem that you would say, hey, if I stepped into the room, this is what I want to do? Or is your poetry like your baby to where you can't really choose which one is better than which? Man. It's like, I would say both, you know, just depending on what I'm going through at that moment, mm -hmm. that would be, yeah, I would pick my, my poem depending on what the, way, what the vibe what the, what the is situation for that moment. Is. Yeah. So going back to religion too. So a lot of people, when they think about religion and they think about dating, they always try to find somebody or they look at, yeah, see you laugh when I say that. Cause you know, people will be like, Oh, I want a man who's, you know, they go to the Bible and they say, well, don't find somebody who's unevenly yoked. So right, when you're looking right. at religion, are you looking at, are you one of those women that's on Facebook? Like I'm looking for a man who puts God first. And, and I'm like, when I see that, I'm like, this motherfucker's lonely. And she just saying shit. No, no, listen. So I do, I do want a man that's going to put God first because okay. what does that mean? What say what you're about to say, but then tell me what exactly does that mean? He needs to put God before everything. Mm -hmm. That's including me because he's going to be my head. He's going to be the leader. <laughs> so if you can't put God before every situation, mm -hmm. I know that you're just leading off of your own free will. Mm -hmm. And I can't have that. What if he leads you in a good way, though? I'm just and the reason I say that, like I said, again, I am a person who does believe in God. Mm -hmm. But I would be lying if I said that every time something went wrong. I got on my knees and prayed. And the reason being, I've been on mm -hmm. record or on wax saying this before that I think in my opinion, sometimes we give God too much credit and the devil too much blame. And what I mean by that, mm -hmm. because they are together, they're, yeah, they're yeah. tied together. They are. So it's like every time something bad happens, we say, Oh, the devil, or that's what I grew up hearing people say in the church. Or if it's a blessing, even if it's a random check in the mail, Oh, mm -hmm. it's God. But it's like, I am a critical and logical thinker to where sometimes I'm like, that was just going to happen. Or the bad thing that happened to you had nothing to do with the devil, but your own actions. Absolutely. So when I talk about religion, I look at it from a perspective of sometimes we look to blame or give credit to things that we just didn't want to do or not to be funny. Sometimes things fall in your lap. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's where that relationship will come in at because mm -hmm. I've had the same thinking before until I got in a relationship with God. And I realized a lot of the things that I'm going through now, my hardships are because of God. Yeah. He's putting me through a things. Test. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and I do agree with you. A lot of people do say, oh, you know, the devil, the devil, you know, but a lot of times it's not even the devil. It's, yeah. it's yourself. It's, yeah. You know, you just making the wrong decisions or whatever. So. I do agree with you on that to an extent, but that's where that relationship will come in. So for the men who are listening, if they were thinking about stepping to Bella outside of 
religion and them having to have God first in their life, what else would they need to have in order? Oh, what else? And I like to ask this because you ask a man that and the first thing men do is say, well, she got to look like, and you'd be like, God damn, you fell in already, my nigga. Because you started with looks. Right, Now, right. that does matter. No, looks do matter. But as because we know looks matter, because when you first see somebody, it's the you, they have to be aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Right. So outside of looks, what does a guy have to have in order to talk or get with somebody like yourself? Okay, so outside of looks and him putting God putting first. God first. We got two things out of the way. Um, he's going to have to have, he has to be goal-oriented. Mm-hmm. And... He just he has to be goal oriented. I love a man who has goals and has a plan on how he's going to achieve those goals. So he's going to have to have that. Um, it would be nice if he um is celibate. Shit. (laughs) Shit. Now. (laughs) I mean, you know. I'll let you explain it, then I'll go for it. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) How long we talking? I mean, now, when you say celibate, are you meaning he needs to have been celibate before you or knowing that when he gets with you, that's where you're at and he needs to be able to get on that page? Absolutely. Either either one. He could be celibate before mm-hmm. or when he is ready to get in a courtship with me, he has yeah. to know that he has to be celibate. I know. you serious. You say courtship. Oh, yes. I ain't heard that word since <laughs> my grandmother back in Texas. Right. <laughs> so, and, and, I'm, and I'm not against that, believe me, because that's the way my mom's is really you know she that's who she is now this is what i'll say first of all you don't have to answer these questions none of them you have to answer if you don't want to how long have you been celibate now i've been celibate maybe for five months five now months, okay now that's still a long time because i tell people all the time when you have a goal and you have something in line i don't care if it's today tomorrow the fact that you have a goal right and you're right. working towards that goal that's a good thing this is what i say and this is my thoughts on celibacy when i think about celibacy bad sex is, 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 is it, it could be it can mess up some things <laughs> so with that being said if you are practicing celibacy and a man comes into your life and he's celibate Y'all ain't gonna do nothing before marriage, and the reason I say that is because <laughs> if you get <laughs> if you get into marriage and it's not right and it's not pleasing, then right. what do you do? You're gonna communicate. I mean, because that's what I feel like sex is all about, anyways. True, is true. communication that for was the a good most bounce part. Back too. So, and you know, I feel like God <laughs> God knows my desires. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, He's gonna bless me with somebody that will be able to, you know, handle themselves in that area. So would you date a man with kids? Yes. Okay. Now he, with these kids, does it need to be one mother if he got one and two? Because I mean, I tell people, when I hear people talk about that man, (laughs) and when I hear women and men be like, well, uh, yeah, he got three kids and two baby mamas. I'm like, what, was this nigga married to one of them? (laughs) And what was the time frame in between this? Not saying that it makes him a bad person. Yeah. But you want to cut down on the drama when you when it comes to dating because between two people it's already going to be enough that you have to deal with that you have to overcome. Right. So to incorporate kids and then fathers of children and mothers of children with the S at the end, exactly. it makes it more difficult. It does. So how would you deal with that if you are in that situation? Um, personally, for myself, I would not want to date anybody that has kids that are under like four years old <laughs> yeah because from my experience the baby's mom is usually tagging along yeah. and 
That's and a problem. So I, you, yeah, I can't, I can't get with that. Right, makes sense. So we almost about to wrap up. That's really pretty much all the questions I have for you. Okay. I almost want to tell you to do, do you have another poem off the top of your head? I haven't yet to memorize one poem. Um, and I'm sitting here listening to you and I was like, shit, I wish I could do that. <laughs> because in order to really give the full effect of a poem, sometimes to, like you can read one and it's and give the effect but right. to have it in your mind and to be able to close your eyes and ta- go to that place go to that place right that's paramount in poetry right so if you have another poem a shorter one or whatever i, I mean to close it out i think that would be dope then i want to you know let to want you to let people know where they can find you at uh for bella's kitchen and um i saw the vlogs but tell people to because i think you say you're trying to get to 100 right i followed you today so Thank you. we want to get you going on that route but if you have a poem i'm gonna step away back uh step back from this mic let you have it okay and it's try not and gonna be few- short oh, i don't care okay that's fine <laughs> roll with it okay i have to see if i remember it Whatever you got to do, I'm here for it. (laughs) Okay. I remember it like it was yesterday. He dropped me off to my car, I hopped in mine, and I told him to follow me home. But it wasn't until we made it all the way home that I realized, in his car, I forgot my freaking phone. Yo, no fingerprints or security coaches. All of my text messages left there to be exposed. But he still had to go find a visitor's parking spot. So you know, that gave me enough time. So I thought to think about what I could possibly say. But he busted through the door and said, so you just going to text another nigga you want to give him some head? What I'm even here for? You might as well be laid up with that nigga instead. I mean, you're here because because you want to be. And look, I apologize you read what I said, but at the end of the day, neither one of you niggas is even my man anyways. And anyways, he still made love to me twice that night. And I could tell by his strokes he was looking for something deeper than what was between my thighs that night. But I didn't have the heart to tell him that the depth of my emotions would never be deep enough for any man to drown in. In fact, the woman he was lusting for was still a little girl drowned in abandonment, still sitting on those steps where her daddy left her stranded at, and my lifeless body, it was floating on a sea of vengeful thoughts and waves of reckless contraband. In the air, I tried to grasp it was poisoned with daddy issues. I tried to piece myself together thinking it would, tried to piece myself together with broken men thinking it would replace you, but it didn't. It just had me addicted to the pain and abused it to the fact that I could possibly make these men feel the same exact way. I was doped out on manhood, a creature I despised so much but had me feeling so good. So I overdosed on getting even and even when he cheated on me seven times, I never thought about really leaving until the day he looked me in my eyes. I could tell he really loved me. So that was the day I decided to leave him. Victory was finally mine. My flesh had rejoiced in getting even, though my spirit was bound by shackles called daddy issues, pleading for the freedom. But it was too late. I had already met my next victim. And subconsciously, parts of me had fallen for him. But my moves were too calculated. And he consciously got in too deep with me. You see, my heart had already served a six-year sentence for premeditated love affairs. So it was nothing for me to shower these men with gifts and look them in their eyes and tell them my heart was theirs, but it got too hard. And I became a sex slave. My body became so passive. I tried to hit the blunt in hopes that it would numb what had happened, but it wasn't enough. And alcohol became my best friend. My daddy issues had me strung out and my flesh relapsed and my spirit couldn't cry out because depression had it breathless. So I kissed him. Craving the residue the codeine left on his lips, he sipped. And we made love until his fingerprints were engraved in my hips. 
But then I woke up to text messages. He was leaving me to be with his baby mama and two kids. Yo, I had to laugh because wasn't no way he, no, wasn't no way Kama thought it was going to get me back like that. But then I cried to myself because my daddy left me. What else was I supposed to do with all the pain I had inside so I conflicted it on the male species so they could feel the tears my soul had cried? I guess it was finally time to do some soul searching. You know how it goes. Worry about yourself instead of messing with these dudes. But then I get a call from my mom and she's got some bad news. The cancers came back and there's nothing they can do. And all of a sudden I feel myself being strangled by all these goddamn daddy issues. Man, you robbed me of love. I spent so many years hurting behind you. I could have showered her with love. But now I'm 16 months in of being celibate. But the fact that my mama isn't here has got me feeling hella bit. So I, so I sniff. I take a sniff of that drug called Daddy Issues. He's got a woman. What's that got to do with me? We're just chilling at the bar, chopping it up, having a couple of drinks. But then he reaches in and caresses my thigh. I lean in for the kiss. And to my surprise, I taste the poison on his lips. He's addicted to the same damn drug. He's daddyless. Uh, I don't know what she got to say or whatever, but... <laughs> that's a good guy <laughs> and I think thanks, yeah thanks, and I was trying amen. not to yeah and then the thing about it was I was listening as you did the poem I was able to kind of piece together some of the interview that we've already done which was dope right right yeah. and then when you talked about hitting the blunt I was like got one of those no. <laughs> no but man for real I appreciate you for coming out tell the people where they could find Bella at on social media first first of all Tell where they can find you at on social media personally and then the business part. Okay, so personally, um, you can go to my IG. It's Bella underscore the underscore disciple. Uh, for catering, you can go to Bella's, uh, Bella's underscore kitchen underscore. And then Facebook is Bella Brown, Bella's Kitchen on Facebook. And then subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is also Bella Brown. And how long have you been doing a YouTube channel? Um, I just started, you know, when I was going through after my mom had passed away because yeah. I wasn't working all that time. And so when I got back to Texas, I worked maybe two months and God told me to quit. Yeah. And so I quit and then I ended up losing my place and everything. So he was like, I want you to make a diary of this process for a year yeah. and call it testimonial. That's and what's so, up. Yeah. That's and I saw I you got there. it all together. And the thing about it is. I appreciate you being honest and transparent on the podcast because I, I did a podcast this weekend. Uh, shout out to TC Hughes. And I was telling him, I was like, you know, it's so funny when you listen to radio, when you hear famous people talk on the radio, they always talk about how it used to be hard. Mm. And with this podcast, I was telling him, I was like, bro, it's hard right now. Well, and it's like, now. I always look for stories where people can be transparent in the moment. Like we never want to be vulnerable, never. but we don't even know by being vulnerable. We're helping somebody else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so on. you sit up there and you'd be like, well, you know what? I don't want to tell nobody I'm struggling with rent. I don't want to tell nobody I'm struggling with a car. And I remember telling some people, I was like, I remember when I was here, I think I had been in Dallas six years. I was working at Fidelity, making real good money, mm -hmm. just bought a new car, whatever, whatever. And I got laid off mm -hmm. and it literally became a point to where I wanted to, and I've said it on a podcast before, I wanted to go back to selling drugs, but I was right. like, I'm in corporate now. Right. I'm making money. I'm doing something for myself, right. but I got too cocky mm -hmm. and he took that away from me. He had to so, humble Yeah, you. exactly. So Ooh, when he humbled yeah. me, it was a process to where I was literally hiding the car I had just bought 
And the only reason I didn't get repoed is because my homeboy back in Texarkana, shout out to Derek Stoker, I met him. I called him and I said, hey, bro, meet me in Sulphur Springs. Uh-huh. All my information is Dallas. I'm going to give you my car. Keep my car for a little while. I'll drive yours. Now, not wow. to be funny, at the time, he had an old car. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm going to this job, <laughs> searching for jobs, looking for jobs, and I'm pulling up in an old school car. Mm. Like a car where the paint is chipped. And I'm not used to this at this <laughs> right, point. Right, right, so it's right. like I was broken all the way down. Like I literally remember walking in one day from driving his car, looking for jobs. It was like 15 degrees in Texas when we used to have cold winters. Yeah. And I walked in and I heard my carpet was so hard because my electricity had been cut off. And I walked in and I'm like, damn, I've hit the bottom of the bottom. And I think it's mm. so important to hear people's story, not only where they come from, but if you're having a bad time now, tell that story because you don't know who you're helping. Somebody else could be listening like, oh man, it looks like they have it all together. Because a lot of people, not to be funny, they'll see you behind a microphone. Right. They'll see you saying, hey, I'm podcasting with so-and-so. They'll see you at a bar. They'll see you, you know, like FOMO. Everybody's doing all these Snapchats and all these videos and you're like, damn, I'm sitting here and I'm broke. But a lot of people out there, they broke. They broke too. They got $30 and they just went out to the club and they bought two drinks so they get that one drink and they nursery that motherfucker. Come on. And you don't even know, you know, and they still out there stunting. Wearing clothes with tags in them or sharing somebody else's. And it's like, it's okay to be in a bad situation, but don't make your own situation worse by doing shit or purchasing shit or trying to show off for other people when you really don't have that. Right. I agree with that. I agree with that. So again, I appreciate you for coming through. If you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Facebook as Anthony Roberts on Instagram as Sir Robert Poe. You can find the reality is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anchor, and you can listen to us by going to SoundCloud, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, and leave us a rating or review. If you like it, hit the heart. If you don't like it, still leave us a rating about what we can do to make it better. If you want to be on the show or leave us an audio message, you can hit us up at info at the reality is. That's T-H-A, the reality is. And keep up with everything the reality is at www.therealityis.com. Always remember, inhale courage to excel success. And Miss Bella Brown, I appreciate you for coming through. Thank you, thank All right. you. Alright, we'll catch y'all next week. Uh, shit, you the shit with the college college dick with the black shit. Oh, I know you was a trick. You slip and slide. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.